Happy New Year, and welcome back to another episode of Where My Killer Tape At. This is episode 155, and yes, old heads are talking. Um, I'm going to do some book reviews for you, um, in particularly uh, Black Thought's Upcycled Self, and It's Capitalism and It's Not You, um, by Malika um, Jabali. And definitely, I got a review for you for The Color Purple. I'm going to talk about the things Yasin Bey has been talking about when it comes to Drake. And I'm also going to touch on masculinity as pertaining to how Cat Williams was talking about it. Let's get it started. Killer tape, Abby. Okay, on my bingo card for 2023, I didn't think that Jonathan Majors would be found guilty. I really did not. Um, I know that usually what happens is the prosecution, they try to, um, you know, present a pattern of the crime, whatever that crime is, particularly when it comes to intimate partner violence or domestic violence. They try to find a pattern. And I think the prosecution did a good job of post, you know, stating that, you know, Jonathan Majors has a pattern of assaulting his significant others. But for this particular case, especially when they released that video of them running through Manhattan and the testimony from the driver, I didn't think they were going to find him guilty of anything. So I was shocked that he was, you know, he was guilty. And I'm not saying that he he didn't put hands on that woman. I, I think he did. But I think for this particular case, um, I, I thought he was innocent. But, you know, the court of public opinion is one thing and the court of laws is another totally different thing. That being said, um, you know, I, I didn't think Marvel was going to fire him and they did, you know, and, and I'm going to say this, I, I wasn't, I, I think Jonathan Majors is an amazing actor. I mean, he has never done anything whack. Um, but like, I've, and ugh, I, I'm trying to say this without sounding crazy. Ezra Miller got, did a lot of wild stuff and they still kind of like the studio was still behind him. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I thought that, you know, Marvel was going to be a little bit more lenient than DC was. So. I was shocked. But that being said, um, he's guilty. So um, what I noticed about this case is that initially before this case happened, it was like the fans of Jonathan Majors was like, literally, you could split them by gender. Right? You know, women thought he was a darling of women. You know, he was pro-feminist. He was a softer masculinity. He had the features of the everyday regular man. Um, and a lot of men, particularly those in the manosphere, were actually like, this guy's gay and he's promoting the gay agenda and he's wearing pink and all that. And then when he went, then when this case came out, it's kind of like everything just flipped, right? Like men were like, we got to support brothers. We got to support our brothers, which, which blows my mind. And then women were like, oh, this guy's the worst. So I thought that was really interesting to watch. And I'm not saying everybody was like that. I just, so, I just noticed that a lot of people, particularly women, put him on a pedestal. And then when he gets in trouble, it's like, He's the enemy of the, the people, you know, and then the men at first was like he's, you know, a part of this gay agenda, you know, and what's wrong with Hollywood and the weirdness in Hollywood. And then now he's like their champion. And it's, it's just wild to watch it. Just really wild. So that's why I wanted to bring it up. 
Um, you know, so I just feel like, wow, like it's just ill to watch how people quickly turn on on people they're supposed to be fans of. Um, again, he's a great actor um, and he has some issues he has to deal with. I think he definitely needs therapy. Um, he needs to work those things out, whatever that is. Um, I'm not surprised. I'm, you know, I, I'm surprised at the verdict, but I'm not surprised that he did that. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to leave it at that. But that's just interesting to watch that. I just didn't expect that to happen. Real quick, I want to talk about a couple of things we need to leave alone in 2023. Um, let's stop posting negative bullshit. Like, you know, especially if it's not true, right? Memes that are not true. News articles that are definitely not true, right? Let's leave those behind in 2023. And, and one of the things that bothered me the most is that, like, somebody will post something, like, really negative. Like, look what this person said. Oh, my God. We should shut them down, right? And then it gets, like, all these hate likes and hate watches. You know what I'm saying? And it kind of, like, adds to the to the monster, the machine that is the Internet, right? Where um, it, I'll never forget this. I tell people this story all the time. I remember... The Howard Stern movie came out back in the 90s. I never, I know I'm old, right? And I remember seeing the movie. And there's a scene in the movie where they're giving him the ratings, how many people listen to his show. And then they, will, they broke it down by how many people enjoy his show, how many, how many people just happen to listen to the show because, it, you know, it's the same station that they listen to everything else on, so they just happen to listen to it. And how many people hate listen? That's not the words that they used. And, and they learned that the people that disliked them and hated him they were a large portion of his listenership. And that always stuck with me. This is before the internet. I always noticed that, that there are people, actually, it didn't really, it didn't really, to me, it didn't really show, even though they were going by numbers that actually happened, it didn't really hit me until social media became a thing and there were people that hate follow other people, right? There are people that don't like certain, certain people and they follow them anyway, right, to see what they're doing. They, you know, some people call it lurking. You know, I don't think it's lur lurking. Anybody could do it. Somebody who likes it, who doesn't like you, but... Um, I don't want to lump all lurkers into one category, but there are people that hate follow. They do. There are people that do that. There are people that repost your videos. This happened to me. People that reposted my videos from Instagram, um, then at me. Because my, my thing is, you could talk trash about me all day to, to your followers or whatever. You call me all kinds of names. But yo, add, add a brother, man. Like, add, add some views for me. You know what I'm saying? But um, yeah, I, it's happened to me when people have posted my stuff and didn't give me any credit. And then people have just been following me and hating secretly hating on the content that I put out. And I think that is very weird. No, I, you know what? I'm not even going to say weird. I think it's disturbing. And those people, they, they do need to see it. They're, they're, I'm being not trying to be funny, but that to me is, I don't know, it's disgusting to be quite honest. Because if I don't like something, I just don't watch it. You know what I mean? I just don't listen to it. I just don't. I don't listen to The Breakfast Club. You know what I mean? I don't watch it. I, I don't watch them. So when people post you know, videos, I ignore them. I keep scrolling. I don't click on them. I don't watch because I just don't. You know what I mean? I just don't. So that's just, I, I thought everybody else operated like that. Maybe I'm naive. But let's leave that stuff behind. Let's not, if something is really horrible, we disagree with it. I'm not saying don't talk about it. Just don't repost the video. You know what I mean? That's that's how, that's what we need to leave behind. One of the things we need to leave behind in Let's talk about Yasin Bey and what he said about um, Drake. And I want to say a couple things first. 
I'm a big fan of Yasin Bey. Yasin Bey is in my top five. Um, love that dude. Um, he, he gets on my nerves because he does a lot of things that I kind of feel like, they, you know, they, they hurt him in his career. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. But I'm a big fan. Um, actually was with him last year. So I, a big fan, right? Uh, big fan of Black Star. So you all saw me do the, the review of the Black Star album last year. Y'all know how I felt about it. And, and, I, and I'm a backpacker. I'm a, I'm a backpacker. True and true. True and true backpacker. Been a backpacker since as long as I can remember. So um, do I agree? With, 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 real quick. We should actually be focused more on what he said about the uh, genocide in Palestine, you know, called by the Israeli government, you know. But I, I know, know that everybody wants to talk about what he said about Drake. Now, I disagree with what he said about Drake. Drake is hip hop, I, you know, and we could argue the semantics about it. Uh, and this is something that, like, yeah, I know he's persona non grata. Ben, Africa Bambado would say he's hip hop. You know, um, Paradise Gray would say he's hip hop. You know, um, all the elders will say that he's hip hop. You know what I'm saying? I'm just letting y'all know that. I've talked to the elders about this and, and they will tell you that. So, um, does he make pop songs? Yeah, yeah. And I want to say two things about, two things about Drake. I want to go over two things. The first thing I want to go over is usually the men of my generation. I'm 50, you know, and um, so is uh, Yasi Bey and so is Tyler Quilly and all his contemporaries. And when I say contemporaries, everybody that was on Rockets with him, everybody that was in the Soul Quarians and Native Tongues, they're in 50s and above, right? Most of us in my peer group don't like Drake. If you go up to anybody that's over 50, actually really over 45, they're going to say they don't like Drake. And we're going to get into that. We're going to get into that in a second. Um, but I just want to point that out. So what Yasin Bey is saying about Drake doesn't surprise me. And let me just say this about Yasin Bey. He's always felt that way. Remember, he did children's story back in the day in the Black Star album, and he was pretty much dissing Diddy um, and really much, pretty much saying he wasn't hip-hop. So if you listen to that song, he's talking about Diddy. Everybody knew that. Um, um, so just letting y'all know that it is not anything new. I don't know why everybody's making a big stink about it. But a lot of men his age, a lot of men my age, they feel that way about Drake. Usually the fans of Drake, and I, and I mentor young men um, that are in their late 20s and early 30s, they're fans of him because 10, 15 years ago when they was in high school, they was listening to Drake. And Drake has an extensive catalog. And I think overall, Yasin's Bey's assessment on him is kind of weird because he has an extensive catalog. He has some pop stuff. He has some, he has some backpack stuff. You know what I mean? He has some battle raps and he has some, you know, some introspective stuff. Um, is he somebody that I that I know his catalog? I do not. I, I I know about maybe three or four of his songs that are probably ten years old, right? Um, but I just that's the first thing I want to bring up that men my age really don't like him. So to hear Yasin Bey say that is not surprising. Now, the second thing I want to get into, and I'm going to talk about masculinity a lot in this podcast, just an FYI, is that when Drake came out 10 years ago, I remember a lot of men my age, the biggest issue they had with Drake was, you know, he wasn't really hardcore hip hop, you know what I'm saying? And he was making songs for the ladies. Um, and I was like, wow, I remember we had the same criticisms for LL Cool J back in the day. Um, yes, I'm, I remember, right? When they came out with self-destruction and LL wasn't on it, people were questioning LL's political apathy. Uh, when cannabis dissed him several decades ago, his 
his argument was 99% of your fans wear high heels. You know, he made songs with records for women. And those backpackers weren't big fans of that. So that just reminded me. I was just like, wow, like the things that we're saying about Drake, they were saying about LL back in the day. Um, shout out to LL because LL is hip hop. You know what I mean? And LL, um, LL is an MC. He can write for anybody. You know what I mean? So like, true indeed, he's usually politically apathetic, but that's neither here nor there. A lot of artists are politically apathetic in their music and in, in, their, in their civilian life, right? So that's not really anything bad to say about somebody. Some artists just don't want to talk about it and they have that right, right? But I also noticed that when they talk about that, they question their masculinity, whether it's LL or Drake. And I think that's fucked up. Like, just because somebody doesn't do... It, it, just because you don't talk about guns and killing people doesn't make you less masculine. You know what I mean? Um, um, just because you're not talking about smacking hoes doesn't make you less masculine. And I think we got to get out of that. Um, and I'm going to talk more about that when we talk about Cat Williams and his remarks about comedians um, wearing um, women's clothing or drag, right? So there's this question of masculinity because he does a particular kind of hip-hop. And I think that's fucked up to do. I think that's really um, messed up um, and sexist, I could say, right? Um, and, and, and it is borderline homophobic, right? Um, and I think we should stop doing that. And look, you could say, I'm going to be honest with you, Drake, I'm not a big fan of his music. I'm not, you know, um, for many reasons. But it's not because I think he's less of, less of a man. I know I respect his pen. But I don't buy his music. You know what I'm saying? I'm a I'm a backpacker and I buy. And if anything, y'all know me. I listen to Boom Bap. And that's and I can just say that and it's cool. I don't have to question his skills. I don't have to question whether he's hip hop. And I definitely don't have to question his masculinity. I don't need to do all those things to level any critique about any artist. And that's all I need to say about that. view of the color purple 2023 um my partner and i did excuse me get a chance to see it during the holidays um let me just say this uh i did read the book and i can't remember if i read the book the color purple by alice walker in eighth or ninth grade but i was too young to be reading that book i loved it though i really loved the book it dealt with some really hard hard things and i remember watching because i think we had to read the book, and then we went to watch the movie. And the movie, just like the book, dealt with some really hard stuff, sexual abuse, um, domestic violence, intimate partner violence, um, you know, of course, uh, child molestation. So, like, you know, rape, like, it, it dealt with a lot of heavy themes. Um, and I remember when the original came out, there was, like, this backlash from men, you know, particularly black men. Um, I guess you can call it the pre-manosphere. And I remember that, you know, amongst in barbershops and gym lockers, we were always open with our disdain about the movie. I was ambivalent because I liked the movie and I didn't think that it wasn't airing out any dirty laundry, so to speak. But I just wanted to create some context. But anyway, um, I'm not a big fan of musicals. Um, I'm not a big fan of musicals, but I've there's some musicals I do enjoy. Um, and this is one of them. Um, I think... And, you know, I have prepared myself for the hard themes. It's still the, the 2023 version is a musical based off the actual musical that was on Broadway and won several Tonys, uh, which I didn't know. That's the wild part. I didn't know that. So um, it's but actually this is more this this version is actually more closer to the book than the original movie was. So um, it was a much more joyful rendition rendition of the book. 
It was very joyful. The, the performances were just amazing. Um, and y'all know I'm a Coleman Domingo fan. Like, yeah, I, you know, I love Coleman Domingo. He did his thing. But I think the, the breakaway star from this is Danielle Brooks as Sophia. Um, I, man, she's dope. She's, Danielle Brooks is dope. Like, really, for real, for real. Um, Taraji Penson, always dope pre, as per usual. Now, Fantasia Barino, uh, she still needs to work on her acting. And I appreciate it. They didn't give her many talking parts, but she did perform very well. And, you know, because when you're not that much of a great, a good actor, when you're around good actors, it shows. You know what I'm saying? But everybody did the thing. Corey Hawkins as Harpo did his thing. Um, um, ha um, Halle Bailey did her thing. Um, Sierra was in it. I was like, oh, snap. Herb was in it. So, and, and then shout out to David Allen Greer. He did his thing. And Dion Cole. Like, I love Dion Cole. But he scared me in this. He scared me. Um, but again, it's very joyful. The production is just great. The costumes is just, this movie better win at least one Academy Award. It, it, it got to, I don't really, you need the Academy Awards for validation, but this shit is good, man. I, I'm holding it down. Um, shout out to, to, he's known as, I know him as Blitz Ambassador, but it's Blitz Bazawule. He directed this. He actually directed Beyonce's movie King, which is really dope. And he did another movie that we, that was on, Independent Joy he did on Netflix that was really dope. Cinematography wise, it was just visually, it was just exquisite. So I hope to see more stuff from him. He did a great job. Um, man, everybody collaborated it. Everybody had a hand in it. So I think that it was a quality production. It really was. Um, and yes, there are some movies that have come out with, you know, with a lot of executive producers, a lot of veteran directors and writers and actors, and it still didn't come off. But this one did very well. Uh, highly recommended to see with your family. Um, I know that there's a lot of um, like churches going together and all that stuff. It's really good. Um, overall, I give it an A plus. Um, definitely rewatchable. Um, and I know when it comes on streaming, I shall watch it again. So I hope that kind of helps it. I know it was like overwhelmingly just good, uh, but I enjoyed myself. Another thing we should leave behind in 2023 is bottled water. Like, such a scam. Such a scam. Right? If you if you look at Evian water, you spell Evian backwards as what? Naive, right? <laughs> Shout out to the older guys that taught me that. Anyway, um, number one, you already paid for water. You know what I mean? Like you already pay. If you if you if you pay for you know water and sewage like I do, you're already paying for water. So why would I go buy water? So you actually save money and you help the environment by you know you, buying reusable water bottles and refilling it every time. Um, that's what I do. I've been doing it for you know 15 years now, and that's and I'm I'm good. I'm, I'm good. Trust me on that. I just got a colonoscopy too. They'll tell, let you know that my stuff is clear. So I'm I'm good, man. Um, so I highly recommend that you do that as well. Don't let them do that. And just an FYI, they don't ship bottled water to your community. You know what I mean? They ship the bottles there, and then when they get there, they filter. They they use filtered water to put in the in the in the bottle. But the, literally, the water is coming from the tap. Technically, it's coming from the same source that your water is coming from. Again, they might filter it. They might throw some sodium in it, some other stuff, but. It's the stuff that's coming from your community. So, you're again, you're paying twice because you're already paying for water. Um, and then just think about, go to the landfills. You been to a landfill? It's crazy how many empty water bottles are there. So, let's leave that behind in 2023. Word up. <laughs>
book that I was really anticipating since, like, I think sometime around the summer was uh, Black Thought or Tariq Trotter of The Roots, um, his um, book of memoirs called The Upcycle Self. And um, I, I really love memoirs more than actually um, autobiographies. And the reason being is because the, the subject is able to take only a, a portion of their lives, certain chapters of their lives, and really open up about them. Um, and I think it really gets deep into who they are. Um, and don't get me wrong, I'm a historian, so I kind of like all the facts, you know, when they were born, where they were born, where they hung out at, all that stuff, who they knew. That's cool. But, you know, memoirs are shorter and they get really into the meat of who they are. And this, you know, and, and it's funny because, like, why does he call it the upcycled self? And I don't want to spoil it for you, but if you read it, you kind of understand what it is. First of all, let me just say that um, Tariq, uh, Black Thought is in my top five MCs of all time. Him and Yasin Bey, as a matter of fact, I know I talked about Yasin Bey earlier. Um, they're both in my top five MCs. I've seen both of them perform several times, um, had several interactions with both of them. I'm a fan. And, you know, and, 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 if, and let me just say this. If Black Thought is not in your top five, you're not really into hip hop. I'm just going to say that right then and there. That being said, he writes beautifully. He writes really, really well. And I forgot that he did attend the same school of the arts that... Um, um, Amir Questlove did um, but he I didn't know he got kicked out but he went there for writing and drawing I knew he could draw because I knew he was a graph artist but I know that he was a writer but let me say this right now homie got skills like he, he can really write and it's evident in this uh, memoir um, but then I don't want to give it away but you really get an understanding of where his creativity comes from and he talks about what he's been through in his life and, and I know that um, if you're a fan you know that both of his parents are murdered um, but I just, he never gave out the details of how his mother was murdered. And that was, he goes through that in the book. So it's very graphic. And, and that right there, I want to give a, um, a, a trigger, trigger warning because it's really, they go through it and it's really wild. Uh, but you see how growing up and how his family affected how he lived and what he did and how he created. If you're looking for, you know, stories about the roots and how they were on tour, you're not going to find that here. Again, it's a memoir, and memoirs are for specific moments in their lives where they really get to flesh out who they are. So you're not going to find that in, in this book. Uh, but you are going to understand the group of artists that he came up around, his upbringing, and how he was really able to overcome what he did to become you know, one of the best MCs that we know. So again, highly recommended. I read it very quickly. It was that good. Definitely. <laughs> And this is particularly to the brothers. I'm saying this to the brothers. Uh, another thing to leave behind in 2023 is let's smile more often in our in our pictures, man. Because we always grilling and frowning and throwing up middle fingers. We're not even showing our teeth, man. What's up with that? The reason why I want to bring that up, um, and this is very personal for me, is because I lost a lot of homies um, the last couple of years. Particularly in 2023, I lost a lot of homies, too. And I realized that as I as I look through the pictures that I have of them or I go through their IG page, there's not many pictures of them smiling. You know what I mean? And, I, and that's like a memory I want to keep. Um, so, you know, do one for your mans. You know what I mean? Smile a little bit more often, brothers. And we need to see that more often, especially our babies need to see that. You know what I'm saying? So let's do that, man. Let's stop grilling our pictures, man. We know you hard. We know you hard.
let me just be honest. Cat Williams uh, really set it off for 2024, I see. And everybody's talking about it, which I think is dope. I think I think it's hilarious. Um, but I want to kind of like veer to a different place when it comes to that. And I know that he spent a lot of time talking about how a lot of comedians, for them to become quote-unquote successful, have to dress like women or, or, or dress in drag to become successful. And he's saying particularly black black men have to do that. Like black men have to do that. And I want to push back a little bit on that because is I, I, you don't have to be you don't have to dress like a woman to be successful in Hollywood. There's a lot of a lot of actors and actresses. There's a lot of comedians who have become successful and didn't dress that way. But I mean, okay, let's let's go there, right? Um, um, Robin Williams. Mr. Doubtfire, he won mad awards for that joint, which when you look at the premise of that, it's mad stalkerish, right? Um, Tom Hanks, right? Tom Hanks, you can do no wrong, right? Tom Hanks, I remember back in the day, I'm, I'm this old, he was in a sitcom called Buzz and Buddies, right? And I think it ran for like two seasons. But anyway, in this, the premise of that sitcom was that he was moving to New York and he needed a place to stay. He couldn't find any place to stay. But he did find a place that he could stay for free, but it was only for women in need. So him and his boy dressed in drag and lived in an apartment complex uh, with with a bunch of women, and they, you know, lived there. And it was that was the premise of the sitcom, and it was, he did it for like two seasons. They dressed up like women, they wore brassieres, everything. Like it was, it was wild, and 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 nobody batted an eye. You know, I can go on and on about different actors who 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 dressed in drag, and and and. I can get into the reason why Hollywood does it. This is a conspiracy, conspiratorial idea that Hollywood is going to take your masculinity, et cetera, et cetera. And, and that's really what I want to talk about, masculinity, right? There's this idea that white people are always trying to emasculate black men, which I always found fascinating because um, if anything, it's the opposite, right? Black men are usually portrayed as, as monsters, right? Um, aggressive, right? When you hear police officers who kill black men or black women, they'll say they were they were afraid for their lives, right? Um, um, you look at the imagery that's used, right? That we see. Um, you look at like, particularly when it comes to like hip hop music, right? How we're portrayed in the videos and in album covers as these aggressive, gun toting maniacs, right? So I think it's really the opposite. I, I don't. I really and, and and it has to work for 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 white supremacist capitalist patriarchy, right? It has to work that we are brutish and they were ape-like and we're monsters, right? It has to work that way because then they can say they can justify themselves in killing us when they need to. They can justify us in, in not trusting us and using because really when you think about it, you know, black bodies are a commodity that is sold to this day, right? And I can talk about what they do at football camps and basketball camps and all that stuff and how they look at your body and all that and and touch you in places of your muscle. You know what I'm saying? Kind of like they did during the slave trade. And I think that's what we need to focus on, right? But there's no conspiracy to emasculate us. And um, and I know it comes up a lot in conversations, whether we're in the barbershop or the locker room. It comes up a lot. You hear a lot of comedians talk about it. I know Dave Chappelle has talked about it. Um, and I just wanted to give a big little pushback on that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just want to let y'all know, in 2024, I made one of my New Year's resolutions was to read 25 books in a year. 
Um, so that's my goal. Uh, and in doing so, y'all already know I read a lot of books anyway. And I think I need to do more book reviews. I know I've been saying that for a while. So this time I'm gonna give y'all two um, that I read last in December of 2023. So the first one I wanna talk about is It's Not You, It's Capitalism, Why It's Time to Break Up and How to Move On by Malika Jabali and is illustrated by Kayla E. Um, first of all, please cop this book. And I think, um, I wish I had this book when we get into debates about capitalism versus socialism. And, and the, reason, the reason why I say that is because there's a lot of things I just didn't know historically. And, and I know I'm a historian, right? But um, this is like a primer. If you want to talk about how bad capitalism is, this is a primer. If you want to see examples of where socialism has worked in the United States, this book is a primer. Um, and I love the fact that uh, Jabali focuses on black socialists because she is from the Republic of New Africa. She, her, her folks help, her folks were one of the founding members of the Republic of New Africa. So she's able to discuss it from that perspective. I think that's important because a lot of times we talk about socialism, we usually talk about it from, you know, usually from the perspective of white people. And I have my issues with Karl Marx specifically, but so definitely pick this up. Um, I like the way it's written. Um, there's a lot of illustrations. Uh, there's a lot of profiles that are done about different people throughout the history of the United States, um, capitalists and socialists. So I think this is really important to read. Um, it's a, I like it. I like the fact that it's really small and you can like fit it in your back pocket or put it in your, your, your purse or whatever. Um, it's really small and it's an easy read. I would definitely recommend this for a book club um, because like I said, the chapters are short. And you could probably do it in one or two, because, you know, I'm really against uh, doing, read one book in one month and then have one meeting about it. I think you should have at least three or four meetings, but this could probably be discussed in two meetings. Um, so definitely for a book club is good. If you want to give it to like a high school kid, also highly recommended. So it's a good gift and it's also good to have in your library. Um, she gives you a lot of sources, things you can read. Um, and I just think that it's really dope. I wish there were more books like this. Um, I know there was a series that, that, that came out. Um, I don't know if they're still doing it. And it's called For Beginners. So we have like Socialism for Beginners, African Holocaust for Beginners, Feminism for Beginners. And those books are, this is what it reminds me of, of, of that. Uh, but again, written from the black perspective. And I think this is crucial. Um, and also talks about the recent um, unionizing of the Amazon factory up in New York. So I think that's important. So it's very up to date. So highly recommended. Definitely check it out. Peace. Lord of the mercy, all night Sunday Central. Follow me now, Lord of the mercy, all night Sunday Central. Follow me now, Lord of the mercy, all night Sunday Central. Follow me now, Lord of the mercy, all night Sunday Central. Follow me now. First of all, thank you for listening to where my killer tape at. You could have been anywhere else, but here you are. So I appreciate your support. I know I've been saying this every year, but I'm still trying to sell 100 coffee mugs. Um, the link is in there. It's from Cafe Press. Please support the podcast. I wanted to remain as independent as fuck. Now, if you want to continue the conversation, you can do it on spills or on threads. And just make sure you hashtag where my killer tape at. Killer is spelled K-I-L-L-A. If you want to get a hold of me, I can be found on Spills at Dan Trezomi, on brother on Instagram and Threads at Brother Omi, and that's B R O T H E R O M I. Dan Trezomi is spelled D A N T R E S O M I. So definitely support. Go to the website omisbench.com, O M I S Bench B E N C H dot com, and all my information will be on there. Thank you for supporting the show, and we'll see you next time. Peace. <laughs>